This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. It's getting real out here, and we are here for you, the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week nine, and it is the Patrop Boys in the house. I'm your boy, your, your boy, Tim Patrop, and this is your boykin. You like uh, Earl Boykin? No, it's I forget where it's from. It's from somewhere. Not your Boykin. Something that sounds like your Boykin. Michael, what the <laughs> fuck? What happened? I feel like I was on a roll and then and then your Boykin started. I mean, anyway. you said it, not me. Your Boykin. <laughs> um, uh, welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. If you haven't been here before, see ya. Uh, but if you have been here before, you know we're bringing the fantasy bars, and uh, Matt's not here today, our usual uh, third compadre. He is out sick this week. Uh, feel better, Matt. He's, he picked up some uh, sort of uh, stomach virus or something like that. So he's still killing it in the writing game, though. Uh, you could check out his work on the app, the Fantasy Football by Roto app. Did I mention the Fantasy Football by Roto app yet? Oh, I didn't? Oh, that's crazy. You can get so many things on there, including all the stats that you're going to hear today. Uh, all the articles that we produce, we're producing uh, tons of articles per week. I think that we have uh, so many series right now. Uh, and uh, as you know, uh, we are watching the game as we are recording. It is currently 7 nothing. I mean, 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, the Eagles are playing the Houston Texans. And A.J. Brown just got tripped up. He was about to go for an 80-yard touchdown. And he just got a shoestring tackled at the 50. Uh, so Miles Sanders already with a touchdown, and you would have known that if you had the Fantasy Football by Broto app because we have every single stat you need. Uh, so go check that out. You already heard the ad. Let me not go uh, that far. What I really want to talk about is the patrons. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Shout out to the patrons. We just had a, in, um, a, uh, a consultation. Yeah, yeah, man. One of our favorites, man. Gary. Yeah, Gary. This guy is currently leading the Brodo League by over 100 points. So not only a patron of ours, and that's why we appreciate him, but also a sharp fantasy mind uh, that that has been playing in the leagues for years and has been a patron for years. And we just had a consultation with him. And that consultation hopefully uh, provides him with some good uh, help. And you can get that consultation for just as little as $3 a month on Brodo. Uh, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Uh, with this, you get an extra waiver wire show. You get access to the Broto Leagues. Well, you the get- consultation is a higher tier, Tim. 
Don't be a false advertisement now. What am I saying? (laughs) What did I say? Well, you can join the Patreon for $3 a month, but the consultation is a higher tier. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You can't get a consultation for $3. No, that's a higher tier. But there's tiers. So if you just want to be in the Patreon, if you just want to support and you just want to be in the Discord, you can get a $3 tier. Or if you want some of these other extras like the access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, uh, access to fantasy leagues with us, access to the DFS cash game optimizers, the the extra waiver wire show, um, go check it out. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. We really appreciate all the patrons um, that support us, man. We really we really do. We We cannot express enough how much we appreciate you guys and even if you don't support us, even if you're just listening, we really appreciate you. You're the reason why we keep doing what we're doing. If you guys didn't exist, we would have probably we would have definitely stopped doing this a while ago. So um, you guys exist, so that's why we exist. So thank you very much. Uh, and thank yeah, you, very much. That was that was bars. You guys exist. That's why we exist. Because it's the truth, and it was philosoph- philosophical, and it was bars. Off the top of the dumb. Off the top of the dumb. Uh, so speaking of philosophical, philosophically, this is a by apocalypse because you have six teams on by but really these teams aren't really that many there's not that many guys that are fantasy viable on by that's why people aren't making such a big deal out of it you got the browns the cowboys the broncos the giants the steelers and the niners uh you know teams like the broncos the steelers the giants yeah you know, i haven't been not, too heavily affected by this yeah you're not really week. yeah you're not really a, a guy like Debo samuel is already out so you already spent last week without Debo samuel uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, uh, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb, all these guys, obviously big names, but not too much depth in that. So there is uh, not a, a lot of effect, affected stuff. But again, the reason why we do these episodes is because this is when fantasy gets real, man. It's week nine. You got to find a way. You got to find a way. Got to find a way. Yeah. All right. And the way to do that is with. Our help. So first, before we get into anything, let's get into these headlines. And before we get into these headlines, let's talk trade deadline. We haven't had a trade deadline talk yet, Michael. I wrote an article on the website of winners and losers. A quick hitter, nothing um, too in-depth. But let's talk about it today. Um, The first one is Chase Claypool. Uh, He gets traded to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. So the Bears paid up for the talent that is Chase Claypool. Because you can't really say that they paid up for... Chase himself, you, uh, I guess you can. I guess you can say that. Yeah, I don't know what I'm really talking about <laughs> at this point. But um, they paid up because because they're not paying a second round pick for Chase Claypool is not paying for his current value. That's not his current value. They're paying for what he could be in the future. Um, so, how do you feel about this trade for the Bears? And uh, I mean, we could we could talk about long term, but also, how do you feel about this trade uh, just for redraft purposes this year? I mean, for redraft purposes this year, you get Chase Claypool going to a trash passing offense, needing to learn the system beginning in week nine. So I have absolutely zero interest in Chase Claypool this fantasy season. I'd be looking to trade him as fast as I can if someone thinks otherwise. Uh, I will say this. Although I will not be searching for Chase Claypool on the waiver wire or even like, I mean, if he's on the waivers, maybe he's worth a stash. I'm not trying to trade for him, Uh, but... I mean, there's he does get a, a bump in production because Justin yeah, Fields has been playing a little bit better. They're going to use him. You have to assume that they're going to use him. And Fields is 22nd in true throw value. Mitch Trubisky is 32nd. Kenny Pickett's 36. So he does have a more valuable ball. Claypool will probably get more targets. You know what, Tim? Let me tell you about your uh, 
your article real quick. <laughs> it was a great article, but I changed. I fixed like 12 names in that damn article. <laughs> Bro, I. Can, do I have to do I have to say what I was doing while like all right relax all right I, I'm not good with names terrible with names <laughs> but it's a good article you should read it if you haven't yet people uh, listening <laughs> yeah the names are all fixed and Justin Fields is 22nd in true throw value uh all right let's go to the second one I think this one's an interesting one TJ Hawkinson traded from Detroit to Minnesota I hear a lot of people that I respect in the industry kind of saying this is a lateral move I disagree me too. I, I think this is a good move for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, Irv Smith, just because he hasn't been a productive piece of that offense doesn't mean TJ Hawkinson can't be, right? Like you have even Johnny Munt has had some has scored a couple touchdowns and has caught some balls. Like Irv Smith Jr. has basically been a, a figment of imagination in people's minds. While TJ Hawkinson has actually been a productive tight end. Maybe look, albeit maybe he hasn't been as good as people hoped when he was drafted as a top ten overall player. But he's clearly a very solid NFL tight end, and now he goes to a team that was trying to use their tight end but weren't, wasn't really doing it successfully. I think it's worth it to say that Kirk Cousins has a history of targeting his tight ends. Uh, when he was with Washington even, like I don't want to go all the way back to Washington because it was a long time ago, but even then he made Jordan Reed into a tight end one. And since he's been with the Vikings, he's targeted the tight end 17% of the time. It, he's had productive tight ends. Kyle Rudolph always had touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Conklin had a very productive season for a tight end last year. Like, this is not, uh, this is not an unused position on this team. And you have Kevin O'Connell uh, coming over from a, in a place that Tyler Higby got 10 receptions a game. So, like, there's precedent for a bigger role. And when you... Now, they're going to have to pay him, so you uh, you assume that they're committing to him. They didn't give up much in terms of, in terms of compensation, uh, in terms of draft picks, but what they did give up, what they are going to have to do, because he's going into the fifth year of his rookie deal, is they're going to have to give him money. So if they're going to commit to him, they're going to use him in this offense. And this is a guy who's had, who had 723 yards and six touchdowns on 101 targets just two years ago. He looked like he was going to ascend. I think this is a big-time boon for for Kirk Cousins. I think this ups his value, and I think that TJ Hawkinson is a better player. Maybe not this week, but I think he's a better player on the Vikings than he was on the Lions, just because of the way he's used. And obviously the Lions were not willing to commit to him. Uh, they just weren't. They weren't willing to commit to him. Um, I'm sorry, he wasn't on his rookie deal. I'm, I apologize. He signed a two-year deal. Um, let's go to the next one, Naheem Hines. This is interesting because... It's obvious, it's ridiculously obvious that the Bills have been trying to get a third down back for the longest time. Uh, they tried to get J.D. McKissick. They got spurned by J.D. McKissick. Uh, they tried to get... Um, spurned. Yes, big time spurned. Uh, they, I'd be so they actually, mad if I was J.D. McKissick, bro. Yeah, me too. He made the wrong decision. And he had a deal with the brand. With but he's the, also not getting burned. That's why he made the wrong decision. Like, if he was having a great... If he was having a great... Uh, year like individually if he's been having like a jd mckissick year but right now he's not even playing as much and they probably told him like you're so important to this team we can't lose you you're so important like oh my god i just want to throw out there that just they just had the phillies from the 2009 championship team throughout the first pick and they had like chase utley and cole hamels and all the people i hate the most in the world um <laughs> i'm a mets fan by the way uh naheem hines what do you what do you feel about his his uh, obvi- uh, James Cook 
obviously also they drafted him, reached for him, as some people said, uh, uh, some people contended, in the second round. Uh, so the James Cook experiment, at least for this year, seems done. This could be a depth move, but this is not a depth kind of piece. This is a guy that's a third down back. How are you feeling about this move for Naheem and, and the Bills and Devin Singletary and all that? Yeah, maybe Hines will have a couple big games, catch a touchdown, but they're going to be difficult to predict. You're not going to want to start him week to week. Like, he has a higher ceiling now than he did in Indy, but, like, he's not someone I'm super interested in now just because he's going to Buffalo. Like, Buffalo already has weapons. Devin Singletary is still going to be the, the lead guy. Like, I don't know. I'm just not... I'm not sold on Naheem Hines being like a trustworthy fantasy asset by any means now. What about the other way Zach Moss traded from Buffalo to Indy? Zach Moss is probably just going to be on a practice squad. The guy sucks. I I said in in the article, like, he is well acquainted with the pine, and uh, he is going to continue to be well acquainted with the pine. Yeah, like, no offense to him, but he's not a he's not a very good football player. It's not as, <laughs> it's not as if he didn't get his chances. Yeah. Um. Raheem Mostert, I put as a loser uh, because Jeff Wilson goes from San Francisco to Miami. It's funny, like sometimes, like you know, you know, let's say you're a guy out there and you're single and you're trying to look for the one. You know, you're trying to look for the one. You're trying to like get, but but in the meantime, you have you know that one that's the comfort that you can count on. You know, uh, that maybe you can count on each other and you call whenever you get lonely. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like that's Raheem. So Most- Jeff Wilson is the booty call. <laughs> it's I mean it's Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson together. Uh, the Mike McDaniel's booty call <laughs> because uh, he got them both together. Now he brings his. Not only did he bring his offense, he brought his running backs to Miami with him. A running back threesome in Miami. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mo- Mostert. Uh, I feel like Mostert's still RB too, but it is concerning that Jeff Wilson might hawk some some goal line work. I can see that just because like. Like it's not a, it's not like a typical running back to a new team move. It's similar to like how Mostert went to uh, Miami to McDaniel, and he just like he just started playing right away, and there wasn't really an issue with it. They know the they know the system and everything. Um, I assume Jeff Wilson's gonna get burned, or they probably wouldn't have traded for him. I mean, they just gave up on Chase Edmonds. They clearly want a second guy who could keep Mostert healthy. So. Yeah, I think Jeff Wilson is going to get a little bit of burn and might cap Mostert's upside a little bit. The Houston Texans look like they're playing with ten players on defense right now. Like the they're so there's giant gigantic holes. I mean, they forced the, uh, Jalen Hurts fumble on the last drive. Yeah, thank thank God they did because that drive is going to result in a touchdown too, just like this one's going to result in a touchdown. Um, let's get into oh oh I also have a I have a parlay, a, a nice parlay. Miles Sanders two touchdowns. Miles Sanders over 80 yards and uh, Eagles plus 10.5. Plus 10.5 or minus 10.5? Minus, uh, minus 10.5, excuse me. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, all right, so anyway, that I, I literally got sidetracked and forgot I was recording and like it was just how I was talking to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chase Edmonds, uh, probably going to play the Mike Boone role of not not, of not playing role. much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's an outside that we should I acknowledge. Don't, I'm not it. interested in the backfield for the Denver Broncos yeah even the rest of the season they have the number one matchup for quarterback and wide receiver and true matchup rank that's where I'm looking here's where we're uh missing Matt but I'm going to do my best Matt impression here because this has no effect on this year but Calvin Ridley traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville in one of the weirdest trades ever if you look at the fine print on that trade like there's there's no clue what the compensation is yet it all depends on like 
The trade is like if Calvin Ridley starts as like a fifth rounder, could go up to like a second rounder. If he signs a long term contract, it's like very strange. Like if he signs a long term deal, it's a second year. Like if he signs, I think he signs a one year deal as a third rounder. It's like weird. Um, but but I mean, what's not weird is the opportunity. I think Calvin Ridley gets a fresh start here. He's already like he's hyped about it. He's tweeting about it. Uh, Calvin Ridley, 28 years old. Last time we saw him, 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, Did you see the funny coincidence that the reason he suspended is because he bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars? Yes, I did see that. See tremendous. That. And now he goes from the Falcons to the Jaguars. Truly tremendous. Um, all right, that's it for the uh, trade deadline. Michael, uh, I know that you – I mean, there's some defensive moves that – I mean, Roquan Smith probably makes the the Falcons defense, which who's been improving as the weeks have gone on and their secondary has gotten more and more healthy. Roquan Smith in, improves them. Um, but, yeah. Let's get into this news. Michael's not going to be happy. The news segment's a little long this week because of the trades. Um, Austin Eckler. We just discussed the trades. Yeah, so it's like addition to the news. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like two separate segments. Shh. Austin Eckler. Oh, by the way, this is from Roto World. I want to give the proper uh, the proper credentials here. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports, it sounds like the Chargers is being caustic by limiting Austin Eckler, uh, cautious, limiting Austin Eckler, Eckler, abdomen in Thursday's practice. I hope that is true because I'm going to be talking about Austin Eckler a little bit later on today. Interesting. Ian Rappaport is NFL Network, huh? That is what he is. Interesting. Why? I never I never even realized that. I just assumed he was ESPN. No, that's... I never uh, once like listened to it that's or Schefter. Like, paid attention to you it. You can't yeah. have Rappaport and Schefter on the same on the Or same maybe staff. like The Athletic or something. I just didn't expect it to be NFL Network. I've just never paid attention to it till right now. It, it, <laughs> and it's clear that you don't watch NFL Network because he's on that shit 24-7. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one, man. Cam Akers resume practicing in full. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I picked him up in a league because why not? Like, the RB position is such a crapshoot. Would anybody... Be, look, Ronnie Rivers just led the Rams in rush attempts. Would anybody be surprised if in two weeks Cam Akers plays 85% of snaps or if he's just back on the bench? Either way, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just a complete toss-up. So I was like, screw it. Let me just put Akers on my bench in this league where he's available. But I don't know, man. It's just it's all so confusing. As Kenny Gainwell finds the end zone on a rush. I'm playing against Jalen Hurts in so many places. Oh, why did you just do Two that running back rushing touchdowns is glorious. Miles Sanders, why? All right, uh, in this game, but I think worth talking about anyway, Brandon Cook's inactive. I don't know if you saw his tweet, but he is feel mad at him. the organization. I mean, well, they gave him mad money. He accepted that contract. Let's be real. It's not like, it's not like he thought the the... Texans were going to be good, or if he did, that was just dumb wishful thinking on his part. He just wanted to get the money. They probably overpaid him a little bit, and then no other team wanted to pick up that overpay for a second-round pick, which is what they were asking for. So it's not entirely the Texans' fault either, but I feel him nonetheless. I would, uh, I'd be upset about it too if, if I was in his possession position. He's getting older. He's on a trash team. You would imagine too that they may might have like when they convinced him to sign, might have said. Hey, we're going to be good, and we promise that. But if we're not, we'll trade you. We promise. And they just didn't do that. I mean, let's be real, though. If he thought the Texans were going to be good, that's just that's just being silly. I mean, he had 18 million reasons to think the Texans were going to be yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, remains sidelined for Thursday's practice. Listen, I'm not going to say that a 30-year-old with a, a soft tissue injury isn't a isn't you know I, I am going to say it actually. He's 30 years old and he has a soft tissue injury. He is a problem. 
This is going to continue to be a problem all season. Get used to it if you have Keenan Allen. It's going to continue to be a problem. Stop being surprised by it. I mean, we'll see when he comes back. He said he's not coming there's back not until much, he's 100%. Yeah, there's not much you can say about it at this point. If you have him, you just got to keep keep riding him on your bench. At, at this point, if he, he said he's not going to... He's not going to play until he's 100%, and he said he's not 100%, so he's probably not going to play this week, which yep. is going to be interesting for that Chargers game. Uh, Tony Pollard maxes out at 30 plays, says Skip Pete, the running back coach. I don't know if you saw this, because I'm, I'm, I want to bring this up because I think our listeners should hear this. Tony Pollard was exhausted after the game. He mentioned, like, but before he, he broke out his big run, he's like, yo, I was, like, dying on the sideline. He needed oxygen. I mean, that's like a... Also, all NFL sidelines have oxygen ready to go at this point. Uh, Cooper Cup returned to practice on Thursday, officially uh, marked as limited. Um, what do you think? People are too soft these days. The guy tweaked his ankle. If you haven't tweaked your ankle in your life, like, what do you want me to tell you? It happens. He, he's Cooper Cup. He'll be fine. Relax. That's that's the the story of a guy who has some Cooper Cup shares. Oh man, nah, he, I'm just playing. he walked off the field like it's not like he was down for mad long. They said he avoided a legit like injury. Whatever, man. People tweak their ankles all the time. Let's talk about people who are going to be down for mad long. Michael Thomas is going to uh, have surgery and go on injured reserve. He has a dislocated toe. They got to put it back in place apparently with some surge. Uh, so Michael Thomas, another season wasted to the injured list. This makes three in a row after he had the best season in the history of fantasy. Yeah, not much more to say. Not much. Not much to add to that. What are you gonna do? Michael Thomas went from the number one dynasty receiver to like you got to think he's outside of. Like, he's not. No one's trying to get some get them shares of Michael Thomas right now. Rashad I mean, Bateman the guy can't stay on the field. Yeah, neither Rash- can this guy. Yeah, Rashad Bateman list Frank surgery. Oof. Oh, no, the dreaded Liz Frank. Uh, this is going to be interesting. That's a good name for, like, you're a teacher, Tim. You you know, when you uh, you pass around, everyone has to write their name, you make up names. Liz Frank would be a pretty good name. You say that because Liz Frank was the was the sticker company. What sticker company? The, remember the sticker company Liz Frank, who had, like, no, the I glitter stickers that. in, like, third grade? <laughs> Am I aging myself I mean, right now when you were Liz in Frank? third grade... You were how old? Eight? Yeah. So I was one. You think I remember that? Maybe when you were in third grade. <laughs> I don't remember like anything. Like the girls. Liz it was Frank. a girly thing. The girls had them. I don't, I don't recall. Liz Frank stickers? You don't recall that? No. Uh, <laughs> well, they, they existed. Uh, Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman, like we're saying, Liz Frank. Uh, it's, it's interesting because it's going to be the Mark Andrews show. You know that. I think Isaiah likely becomes interesting here. Um but not too yeah, interesting. I mean, he's still the second. He's still the second. Mark Andrews isn't practicing either, though. Yeah, he's not. That likely becomes very interesting if Mark Andrews uh, misses the game. But he's he looks like he's on pace to play. I mean, from everything that we've hear we've heard. I don't know. At this point, I'd, I'd bet against it. Mm. But we'll see. I hope not. I dropped Isaiah Likely in the home league. Man, Rashad Bateman for Josh Jacobs is going to go down as one of my best trades ever. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Derrick Henry did not practice on Thursday. Yeah, they said that was uh, nothing to be too concerned about. He practiced Wednesday limited, and he said in a news conference that he's playing. If you have Derrick Henry, I would handcuff with Doncho Hilliard. I think that Hilliard has shown enough to. Oh yeah, least... it can't hurt, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like uh, go crazy though, like dropping anyone that you. 
like any one of like super high value. Like I wouldn't drop like a like a Dion Jackson or like a Cleo Herbert or something like that. Okay. Uh Ryan Tannehill did not practice Thursday. That's a bad news. Bro, if we gotta watch Malik Willis on primetime Sunday night, that's gonna be super lame against the Chiefs. He was clearly not an NFL quarterback yeah, last game. That was very ugly. Not to say that he can't become one, but he was not yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, he needs time to develop. I mean, he played at Liberty. Yeah. Like, he, he's definitely going to need time to develop. He's definitely not ready, though, either. Gus Edwards is not practicing on Thursday either. He's got a hamstring, so that's concerning. Uh, it's a Monday night game, so you're probably not playing Gus Edwards under any circumstance. Yeah, seems like a, it's going to be a Kenyon Drake game again. Uh, you call him Kenyon for whatever reason. His name's Kenyon. Kenyon. No one calls him Kenyon except you. Kenyon. Uh, Mark Andrews, again, sideline for practice. We just talked about that. Uh, Alan Lazard practiced again on Thursday after practicing again on Wednesday. He looks like he's going to play, and he will be talked about later. Welcome back. Uh, Christian Watson was also uh, in practice in pads on Thursday. Big step in the concussion protocol for Mr. Watson, which it's going to be nice to see for the, like him get back. He's flashed some. He's flashed a little bit. I'd like to see Christian Watson play more. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, ankle and shoulder practice on Thursday. It was officially a limited uh, session, but it was good news. Um, it's interesting, DeAndre Swift, because the way the coaches were talking about it is they used him too much last week. They were like, yeah. oh, we, we may have used him one too many times last week. And he's like, he's not ready. He's not really fully Dude. back yet. So it's gonna, it looks like it's going to be a committee in that black backfield until further notice. This has been DeAndre Swift's role. His entire career. It really has. And every single week, everyone's like, DeAndre Swift is going to be unlocked this week. When nothing has ever changed in his career up uh, until this had, point. He's had good games. As this, No, he's had good games. I'm saying this role as just a committee back. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he's not great and that he can't be alone in the backfield, but that's just not how they operate. Like, just, just face it. Jamal Williams is going to get a ton of touches and is going to be the goal back. That's just how it works. It's been like that the entire season. Jamal Williams does not have a single game this year. Less than double-digit carries. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Jonathan Taylor remained absent from the portion of the Colts' practice open to the media on Thursday, but he has officially had a limited tag. Um, I'm going to talk more about Jonathan Taylor in that backfield in a little bit. Uh, Devontae... Uh, Devontae Parker was absent for practice on Thursday, um, as well as Damian Harris. Uh, this one's big. No one really realized that Damian Harris was an issue. I didn't realize Damian Harris was an issue. Apparently, it's an illness. It's not like a physical ailment uh, for Damian Harris. Yeah, so he's probably going to play. It's cold and flu season out there right now. Except the flu, flu, flu. So that might be the case. Uh, I'm, hope he's, I'm hoping he's going to play because I uh, I think he's a sneaky, sneaky this week. Um yeah, let's uh let's move on here. Did we talk yes. we talked about Cam Akers, right? Yes. Oh, what about Dan Schneider? I was talking about Dan Schneider. That piece of shit. Damn, Michael, tell him how you really feel. All right, let's get into Oh, I forgot Donnie H, bro. <gasps> oh my god. Dude. It's because of the Thursday. No, like, that's OD disrespectful. That is. And you know what's Damn. crazy? We have a whole entire third like uh recording. Apparatus, like we have our mics, apparatus. Uh, like it's in into the recording apparatus here, the Zoom, it's called, um, and 
we have two mics, and then we have a third one that connects to my computer just so I can play Donnie. Just H. for Donnie. Just for Donnie. H. Just for Donnie. And I forgot. You know, I'm going to let Donnie play, and, but we, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. I was I was sitting here all like anxious, sweating. I didn't know what was going on. It's just I, I needed Donny H. That's you just needed Donny H. This yeah. whole time. No, I'm good. Um, I'm gonna start this off with our tier breakers up. The guys that we think are going to outperform their usual um, tier. So, for example, if guys usually a wide receiver two, he's gonna jump up to wide receiver one, etc. Uh, today I'm going with Al uh, Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. Uh, like I'm I said. I'm done with Aaron Rodgers, but no, no, this Alan is the Lazard week, man. This is the week, man. Uh, this is the week where Alan Lazard, where Aaron Rodgers does it because he's in a perfect matchup and he needs to act like an MVP, a back-to-back MVP. Uh, and this is the time to do it uh, because Alan Lazard is back, Christian Watson's coming back, uh, Romeo Dubs finally had his first good game last week, even though it was in a, a little bit of trash time uh, since 2005. Aaron Rodgers has failed to be the QB one. Only once, once versus Detroit since 2015. And I'm sure that adds more, but our, our Brodo archives only go back to 2015. Uh, and the game that he was not a QB1, it was because Aaron Jones went absolutely apeshit in that game, and they won 42-21. to So he has a history against the Lions. The Lions are the fourth best matchup according to true... Matchup ranking, they give up 35.4% over average. Again, I'm going to tell you a little bit about true matchup ranking if you don't know. It's a it's the rankings, right? How many points they score, how many points they allow, but adjusted to the actual players that they've played. So, for example, if the Lions give up 20 points to Travis Kelsey and 20 points to Robert Tanyan, then that means the 20-point game for Kelsey is not going to strike their percentage as bad as the 20 point game for Tanyan would so we they separate and you see really how a defense plays and gives up over average to the exact guys that they've played so it's a much better accurate descriptor and the Lions are the fourth worst team and they're giving up 22 points a game to the to the quarterback I'll take 22 points per game and Alan Lazard uh, also they're giving up 32.3 points to the quarterback I mean to the um the wide receiver they're giving up the most uh, yards per play. They're giving up the most uh, air yards. They're they're just ridiculously bad in the air. Now they have faced tough matchups. They're only 14th in points over average, but they're still a positive matchup. Uh, Alan Lazar coming back. He's been solid all year. I expect him to continue to be solid after missing the game uh, and a loss to Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers is going to need his number one target in this game. They're going to need to win this game. They do, cannot afford to drop a division game versus the Lions. I think Aaron Rodgers steps up. I think Alan Lazard steps up. And they're both my tier breaker up number one. You just had to go and choose two. Do the double O do, huh? I'm, I, you know, I've noticed as the years have gone, as the year has gone on, I am liable to take liberties. <laughs> with this whole situation. Um, that's for sure. All right, Michael, who's your first uh, tier breaker up? Uh, my tier breaker up, I didn't want to choose obvious guys this week. You know, it's always the guys who uh, who have the great matchups that get put into segments like this. I wanted to go a little a little different this time. I'm going with Curtis Samuel here. 
Why Curtis Samuel, you ask? Interesting. Since Tyler Henneke took over as the QB for the Washington Commanders a couple weeks ago, Curtis Samuel, two weeks ago against Green Bay in a tough matchup, five carries, 26 rushing yards, five receptions, and 53 receiving yards on eight targets. Last week against Indy, another tough matchup for wide receivers, four rushes for 29 rushing yards, four uh, targets, three receptions, and 50 yards. Back-to-back weeks as a top 36 wide receiver, after uh, after having some down weeks after a hot start to the season with Carson Wentz. Heineke has turned this offense around, and now they get the Minnesota Vikings, which is a middle pack against wide receivers. I think this game has some high-scoring potential. Uh, Curtis Samuel is a fixture in this offense. Terry McLaurin, as we know, is uh, is great with um, is great with Heineke. Uh, Tyler Heineke as well. But this offense, this rushing offense has become anemic. And it's just been a lot more of Taylor Henneke being forced to throw the ball and being forced to open it up a little bit. And even Curtis Samuel getting mixed in in the rushing game. I mean, 5 for 26 and 4 for 29 is better than anyone else in that backfield. So I think Curtis Samuel is going to get uh, 10 to 15 touches once again. And if he finds the end zone, he's going to be a solid wide receiver too. And I think he's already a rock-solid wide receiver three this week. I'm not going to lie. When you gave me your your submissions, I was, I was doing my rankings. Uh, and we... We submit to each other because we don't want to double up. That's not fair to you guys. So Correct. we submit to each other. And um, when you submitted Curtis Samuel, I was doing my rankings, and I noticed that like I wasn't really comfortable with low end RB two. Like oh, it was ugly low end RB two this week. I feel like so I snuck snuck Curtis Samuel in there RB wide receiver twenty three, and I'm like, yo, Michael, let's ride. All right, let's ride, Michael. All right, <laughs> you mean wide rec- low end wide receiver two is ugly. That's what I, you kept saying RB two. Oh my bad, wide receiver <laughs> two. All right. So I'm not gonna lie, this is my second tier breaker out, but I'm I'm going to Oh I thought I thought your Lazard and Rogers was a, a double. It was a double, but it was only one. Yeah, I thought it was a double for both. Nah, nah, I got another one for you. Uh, respect, Although respect. I will say this my sleeper is not that big of a sleeper, and this guy could be a sleeper, so I might this might actually be like a, a switched <laughs> category. But I'm going with MVP. Right when I right when I said respect. Yeah, I'm going with MVS, man. I think that he's going to be a playable asset uh, this week. Tennessee gives up the seventh most pass yards per play in the entire league, the fifth most total air yards on completions, despite having a bye week, right? So Tennessee, I just want to say that again so everyone can hear that, has the fifth most total air yards on completions given up in the NFL, and they had a bye week. They've given up the third most receiving TDs. The Chiefs have the most 20-yard-plus plays in the NFL and the second-most 40-yard-plus plays in the NFL. This is just a recipe for a big play by Patrick Mahomes. And not only that, um, the Titans are giving up, ready for this, 36.5 points to the wide receiver. Uh, that is second, the second-best matchup uh, for um, for uh, their true matchup rank, 32.5 points over average. I think Michael's going to mention those numbers a little bit later as well. Uh, oh, ho, ho. And uh, the the QB also having a good time against the Titans, the fifth best matchup for the QB. So I think that this just makes sense. I think if you have MVS and you have someone on by and you're holding MVS and you're like, this guy can be up and down because he has been up and down. This guy can be up and down. I think this is one of those up weeks. It could be a big week if he catches a big touchdown. Or, but I think it's at least a decent week uh, for MVS this week. So I think that he's a tear breaker up. He's a sleeper, whatever you want to put, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, MVS is my guy this week. Okay. That's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, by the way, I just, in case you don't know. I don't like it, but so be it. Michael never likes it. Correct. I will say this. MVS has been more bad than he's been good this year. 
Is there a bet we can make here? I mean, wide receiver three. I'm in. Really? You want him to be out? Yeah, he's going to either be outside the wide receiver three or inside the wide receiver two. So wide receiver three is kind of like push. <laughs> so you want to? He's going to no, be. No, wide receiver three are better. Top 36 receiver. Top 36, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Michael, who's your second tier breaker up? All right, I gotta remember to to write this down, but I left my notes. Now I gotta go back. Um, <clears throat> Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets again, not a tremendous matchup by any means, but games in which Garrett Wilson has seen seven or more targets this year, Tim. Four catches for fifty-two yards, so nine point two PPR points. Eight catches for hundred two yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, a huge game. Six for sixty, which is twelve PPR points or nine half PPR points. And six for 115. So every game where Garrett Wilson has seen seven or more targets, the four for 52 game is the only game where it wasn't great, but it's also not going to kill you. Like 7.2 half PPR fantasy points. Players have types of games like that all the time or 9.2 in PPR. Otherwise, he's been a pretty rock solid wide receiver three or above in every game where he's seen seven or more targets. Now the Jets get the Buffalo Bills in a divisional matchup. It's a very tough matchup, like I said, but Wilson is, uh, but Garrett Wilson is playing more and more. He played by far a career-high 88% of snaps in Week 8. He's a clear number one passing option. Buffalo's 24th in true matchup rank against the wide receivers, but that was higher earlier in the year. They've been giving up a little bit to wide receivers lately. We saw Romeo Dub score a touchdown against them last week. Samari Torre got behind the defense and caught a long touchdown as well. So I like Garrett Wilson this week as a uh, possible wide receiver two candidate in a game where the Bills are... 11.5-point favorites, and the Jets and Zach Wilson may be forced to throw 40-plus times again. Zach Wilson finally had to open up the playbook a little bit last week, and even though he threw some untimely and bad interceptions, he did throw for 355 passing yards as well. Don't believe the narrative out there that everything, like Zach Wilson's the most horrible quarterback in the history of the world. Like, he's having his up and downs. Don't get me wrong. And his downs are, are down and everything. But, yo, the guy's been having ups as well. Like, give the guy a break. It's his 18th game ever. Um. All right, so those are our uh, tear breakers up. Let's get into the opposite, our tear breakers down. I got to tell, get, be um, uh, transparent with the people. This is our new format, so we haven't done this format in a long time. This is actually the format that we started with, uh, but we haven't done this in a long time. But since we have the app, we, you know, it just didn't make sense for us to, to go over every single player, every single game. You could easily see how we feel about them on the app. You could see, look at our articles. You could look at the Start Sit tool. There's so many uh, tools uh, that you have on the app. So we wanted to really highlight people and talk more about them. So we feel like it's a better product. But the 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 thing that I hate doing the most is the tear breaker downs. That's when I always have the most issues uh, looking at those. And today for today, my tear breaker down is Jonathan Taylor or any running back that the Colts might trot out if Jonathan Taylor uh, does not play. Uh, Deion Jackson was a... <laughs> The RB2 overall, last time he played with 10 catches, uh, so I don't think that people are considering sitting him at all. I don't think they, they, I think they think that he's a play if you have him. I'm saying that that's not the case because let's go through this one more time. If you haven't figured it out already, the Patriots shut down the other team's strength. That's what the Patriots do, and this time they're doing it with their own strength. Double down on that the the uh, fantasy grade for Jonathan Taylor, by the way, is a C, a C. Yet his I mean, he's e, been a bust. His ECR continues to be RB one. He's had one RB one performance all year, and that was Week one. Um, and now he's facing the Patriots and Deion Jackson too. Same same thing. The Patriots are the last, dead last. So the worst 
matchup and true matchup rankings. They're giving up only 15.7 points a game to the running back. That is minus 21% under the average score of the players they've played. So they have been uh, very much suffocating the run. Um, again, like I said, the, the highest finish that Jonathan Taylor has had uh, has been RB20. So obviously uh, not not the guy right now. And, you know, just for talking, even if he doesn't play right now, just for talking about the future. Like if you look at the back of his Brodo card, red means top five. And I'm about to I'm about to talk about a guy in a little bit that has red all over the back of his Brodo card. There's one red rushing yards per game. He's eighth. Besides that, he's 23rd in PPR points per game, 32nd in fantasy points overall, 55th for points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Um, he only has one rushing touchdown on the year. His, he has 107 rush attempts. That's 14th in the league. That's not going to do it. Uh, 462 rushing yards is 17th in the league. He only has a 22nd most receptions. Like, this is bad. It's, 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 it's a bad look, and it's not because he forgot how to play. It's because the uh, Indianapolis Colts lost a lot of talent. So, you know, unfortunately, this is my uh, tear breaker down, Jonathan Taylor, ladies and gents. Makes sense. He's been uh, definitely been disappointing this season, to say the least. Michael, who's your first tear breaker down? So I'm going uh, double here, Tim. I'm going both. Same team. So I'm doing what you did, except they're both my tear downs. And it's Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette. Look, the Tampa Bay offense is broken, and fantasy football analysts and players have yet to catch up in their rankings. It's time to stop ranking Chris Godwin within the top 20 wide receivers, and it's time to stop ranking Leonard Fournette as a weekly RB1. Tim, look, Chris Godwin has been about mediocrely consistent as you could possibly be. Guess how many games this year where Chris Godwin has been a top 28 wide receiver? Mm, Two. One time. Wow. One time he's been within the top 28 wide receivers. Otherwise, he's just been a wide receiver three flex option the entire season outside of one game where he was wide receiver 21 and half PPR scoring. The ceiling has just not been there. He's been getting targets, but it just, the juice hasn't been there. I don't know what, like Tom Brady hasn't been the same. It's just the Tampa Bay offense has not been clicking. And Chris Godwin has not been a great fantasy asset because of that. And Leonard Fournette as well, who's my other stock down. Him, on the other hand, he's had single-digit rush attempts in back-to-back games. Since week one, he has yet to surpass 65 rushing yards in any game. Game. He's also seen just six targets combined the last two weeks after seeing at least six targets in the four games prior to that stretch. The Rams are a solid matchup on paper, for the running back position. They're the eighth best true matchup for running backs, but that's third best for receiving and 18th for rushing. Meanwhile, we have Rashad White, who has five targets over the last two weeks to Fournette's six targets, and he might be the one stealing pass-catching work as well. There's just been no high-end upside in this offense outside of Mike Evans. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams, who have been a slow, bad offensive team as well. Like, this could be a, an uglier game than people think. Like, last year, Rams and Buccaneers, we would have been like, yes, this game could be 45-40. to 40. Right now, it's looking like it could be 20-14. to 14. And I think the, uh, the Tampa Bay offense just continues to be ranked way too high. And Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette are my stock downs of the week. Huh, it's... it's it's funny that you guys put those two together because they're... they I guess they are on the same team. That's just that... That offense has just been really, 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 really disappointing. 
Yeah. Like horrible. Super mediocre. The most mediocre. Um, all right. My second guy is Hunter Renfro. Here's why Hunter Renfro. Because Hunter Renfro has been absolute trash this year. Yep. Um, and people are still playing him as if that he could play. And I don't get it. Uh, he was injured. Uh, week five, he went out. Uh, since coming back, week seven, 57% of the snaps. Week eight, 79% of the snaps. Maybe you're like, oh, that uh, only two targets and three targets in those games. Uh, and this is with uh, Darren Waller out. So that's the most concerning thing. With it, it, The storyline goes Hunter Renfro minus Darren Waller equals good fantasy player. And that is not the case. And, you know, Derek Carr is playing like trash. And there's a there's a Jets there's a a section of Jets Twitter out there who's like we should trade for Derek Carr, and yeah I don't understand that at I all. don't understand it at all and like yo this guy is I don't know he's just every someone tweeted I think it was uh, Justin Wright he tweeted every single quarterback that got a wide receiver upgrade is at a better year this year except him like he's the only one. Uh, so Derek Carr sucks, Hunter Renfro sucks, and he is my stock down, uh, which basically means also my sit. I don't know. My categories are all fucked up today. All right, let's get into the matchup of the week, the matchup that you are looking forward to watching the most. Michael, who's your first matchup? Who's your matchup of the week? My matchup of the week, Tim, this is an interesting one, and it has to do with my stock up of Curtis Samuel. I'm going to go Vikings and Commanders. Mm. I think this week, it only has a 43 and a half over under, which I thought was shocking. I feel like it should be more than that. I thought it would be like 47, 48 and a half-ish. I think this game has some high scoring potential. You got Kirk Cousins. You got Dalvin Cook, of course. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. TJ Hawkinson making his debut. Who knows how much he'll play. He's a complete wild card at the tight end position this week. But then Tyler Henneke, who's been getting this offense rolling a little bit. Um, Antonio Gibson has been getting hot. I think he's a playable RB2. Terry McLaurin has been a wide receiver, too, a rock-solid one ever since Heineke took over. I think Curtis Samuel is a good shot to be a solid wide receiver three this week or better if he's able to find the end zone. I think there's a chock full of some fantasy potential in this one. I even, I guess, we'll see. Forget it. I'm not going to say what I was just going to say because you'll hear it later in the show. I was, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued now. Uh, there's, I've been going storyline-based. Uh, with my games of the week. I've been liking the storyline. I know you and Matt have been keeping it fantasy focused, but I'm going with storylines because that's what uh, I like. I like You've always been a storyline story guy. I have been a storyline guy, and then except in the NBA. I hate the NBA. Uh, the, the fact that they make everything a storyline. It's like it's like James Harden. James Harden will score 36 points. It's like James Harden scores 36 points. Is he the best shooter in the history of the of, of basketball? He's out for a month, James Harden. I know. Hurt. I'm just saying. Like that's like I hate the hate. Is he that. the best hurt guard in the league? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ben Simmons misses a layup. Is does is his mother the worst human being to ever birth? You know she is. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, my but this one is is chock full of storylines. Respect to the respect to his mom. Yeah, but I she's mean, not actually the worst. I the don't worst know her person at all. to birth. It's really it's really a it's just because Ben Simmons is, it sucks. What if her mom's name is Bertha? <laughs> it, there's it very well could be Bertha giving birth. Birth Bertha. Like Big Bertha. Um, Chargers at Falcons is my is my storyline game of the week. Here's why. First of all, the Falcons finally opened up their passing offense this week. I'm going to talk about this a little later. Cordero Patterson is on the way back. Might be his week to come back. Uh, they look like they found a little cohesion in the running game. 
Marcus Mariota's looking a little better. Kyle Pitts has scored a touchdown in two straight, three straight games, two straight games. One. Yeah, hasn't been back to back games with a touchdown for Pitts. Are you sure? I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive here. <laughs> Are you sure, Michael? Look, I'll I'll check while you so while double you check discuss. that. Either way, Kyle Pitts had himself. A touchdown. Uh, <laughs> Drake London did some things last game, and they were actually moving the ball via the pass. Do the Falcons continue to do that considering they won, or do they abandon it and go back to the usual stuff? So On, Pitts had touchdown, no touchdown, touchdown. So two in the last okay, three weeks. So two in the last three weeks. All right. So, I, you know, missed it, but I didn't miss it as, as badly as I thought I did. You're just an idiot. Um, the Chargers, on the other hand, are coming back from the bye. And I want to see what's going on with these Chargers because they have an incredible amount of injuries right now, especially in the wide receiver room. And you're going to be looking at Josh Palmer and uh, Carter and these guys that you had no intention of playing, and now they're both starring for you. I want to see Gerald Everett. I think that Gerald Everett has an incredibly big game potential this week. Um He's been coming out of the slot the fifth most times of any tight end there is. So he's coming out of the slot. He's getting that opportunity. And there's no other guy. I think Gerald Everett is as guaranteed a touchdown as there is in the league this year. You can never – I mean, this uh, week, you can't guarantee a touchdown. But I think you can you can bet on it and be confident. And I want to see Austin Eckler, man. I want to see Austin Eckler against this Falcons run defense. I want to see Austin Eckler go crazy. And I'm going to be talking about Austin Eckler in a little bit. So let me not keep going. That is my matchup. Let's get into the next category. The (laughs) Grand Slam. That was a good one. Smash of the week. Someone you think is going to score game-winning type numbers. Now, I've just been talking for mad long, so forget me. (laughs) Michael, you're up. My first Grand Slam smash of the week, Aaron Jones. You know who didn't have any Grand Slam smashes yesterday? The Phillies, who got no hit in the World Series. Dude, did you see the DraftKings bet? No. You know how they randomly put out these promotions where it's like, obviously, you get a... It's basically guaranteed. Like, it's a minus 10,000 bet turned to plus 100. It was Sixers, three-pointers, and Phillies hits over 19 and a half. The Sixers hit 19 three-pointers, and the Phillies got no hit in the World Series, and everyone lost. <laughs> you cannot make it up. Uh, that's just a, that that one's uh, just crazy. That one is crazy. Yeah, but carry to carry on. Um, Aaron Jones is my first Grand Slam match of the week. Look, Aaron Jones has honestly, a little surprisingly, become workhorse Aaron Jones. Um. Two weeks ago, we saw eight rush attempts and saw 10 targets. And then last week, 20 rush attempts and five targets. At least 17.5 PPR fantasy points in each of these games. And he saw 74 and 67% of snaps, respectively, the last two weeks, which is the first time he has had back-to-back games with that high of a snap percentage. Now he gets the Lions this week, who are third in true matchup rank on the season for opposing RBs. Shockingly, though, Tim, I, I saw this and I was like, oh, that's uh, I was not expecting to see this. The third best matchup in true matchup rank, third rushing, but 28th receiving for opposing running backs. So there is some slight downside here for um, Aaron Jones if A.J. Dillon steals rushing touchdowns. But A.J. Dillon has been irrelevant outside of week one, and Aaron Jones has been the workhorse of that team over the past two weeks. And I think that continues this week into Detroit, and he has some uh, some huge upside. <sighs> mm. 
I'm not uh, I'm not mad at it. I think AJ Dillon AJ Dillon was in the in the running for sleeper, but because Aaron Jones was beginning so much work, I ended up being like, nah, I can't do it with in good conscience. Uh, one guy that is in the complete opposite direction, Travis Etienne versus Las Vegas. Guys, it is kind of crazy the ascension that this dude has taken. In week one, he was running back thirty six. Listen to this. Besides a hiccup in week four where he was running back 59, listen to this ascension. Ready? RB 36, 31, 28, 22, 28, 7. That is the ascension up, and I think that they've been unlocking on the way up. Now, the last two games against the Giants, 80% snap share. Week 8 against Denver, 80% snap share. These are hard matchups, the Giants and Denver. These are guys that these are teams that both have had good run defenses. Do you know who's not a hard rat matchup? The Raiders. The Raiders are the 10th the best Raiders. matchup. The 10th best matchup um, with 23 points allowed. That's 11.4% over the average uh, to the running backs. Here is where it gets interesting, though, because Travis Etienne has not really been used in the passing game all that much. He hasn't been used. He's only had five targets and three targets, and those targets haven't come to any numbers that are are any anything right but they've been unlocking him as the weeks have gone on the raiders are the second best matchup to the receiving running back they are giving up 58.3 point percent more points to the receiving running back than average they're giving up 12.4 points to the receiving running back michael they're giving up more points to to running backs in the air than they are on the ground this year and I think that it is time for the last thing that unlocks Travis Etienne into the top five player that our dynasty Don, the rookie encyclopedia, Matt Ward, has been preaching over and over and over again. I think this is the last thing that unlocks it. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go to him. I think Trevor Lawrence has a has a big game, too. I'm going to be talking about him a little later. I think he has a big game because of what he can do with, Tra- with Travis Etienne. In this game, I like them to win against the Raiders, and I think that Travis Etienne's pass-catching side gets unleashed this week against a very, very, very vulnerable opponent in Las Vegas. I like Travis Etienne to blow the doors off of the fantasy world this weekend. Travis. You like it? I like it. Let's go to our your second one, Michael. My second one, Tim. Do you know what time the football game is for my second one, Tim? What's time? It's Sunday night football uh, on MSG. The Chiefs and the Titans are the best on TV. I had to do it. You didn't have to do it. It was a request from the Discord. You I finally got someone it. in a Sunday night Guys, football game. I just want to say one thing. Like, yo, you just <laughs> sing the Sunday night football song and replace it with MSG. Like, it used to be the Knicks beat and you replace it with Sunday night football. It was the Friday night. Friday, this is on Friday night. We're going just to get there. Like that's how you used to sing it. And then it just became the Sunday night football song with MSG instead. That's absolutely what happened. That doesn't make any sense. You don't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. All right. I think the people know if I'm going with the Chiefs here. Who I'd probably chose is my Grand Slam Smash of the Week. Uh, Michael, did you choose him? For, did you choose him to talk about literally every single week that we've done this? Juju Smith-Schuster. 
<laughs> I think that Michael has a you man crush on this it. guy. Do you follow him on TikTok and like dance through no. his dances and everything? I no. think I think Michael secretly dances to Juju Smith Schuster in the mirror. You know, Just I had to do looks it. it. Let's keep it rolling, Juju. Last two times we saw Juju, he totaled twelve receptions for two hundred thirty-seven yards and two touchdowns en route to back-to-back top seven wide receiver performances. <clears throat> now, with Kadarius Tony wrongfully taking away Juju's luster over the bye week, people are souring on Juju a little bit again, and that is the wrong idea, folks. Kadarius Tony is not going to steal Juju's work. Andy Reid, Tim, is the best coach ever off a of bye week. The best coach ever, and that's not even being, like, facetious or anything he's literally the best coach ever off a bye week and the titans are the second overall true matchup for wide receivers and first for passing for quarterbacks juju has been the target share leader every single week among chiefs wide receivers since week two the only game he wasn't the sole possession leader of um of target share for wide receivers he was tied with mvs but juju has been the wide receiver to play in kansas city this season Tremendous matchup right out of a bye. Coming off two hot games. Bye week to play video games with Patrick Mahomes. Do you see that on Twitter? Patrick Mahomes, Juju, a couple other guys all like play video games together. They were talking about Modern Warfare. No, I I don't watch anything like (laughs) that. Play Modern Warfare together. So, I mean, look, I like Juju a lot again this week. And I think the uh, he's finally getting back to where his true throw value, his true target value was or is compared to where his points per game output was earlier in the year. So sign me up for some juju this week. Houston Texans getting at the Eagles in this in the to open the second half. Two sacks. Jerry Hughes on uh, Jalen Hurts, two sacks in a row. Beating the left tackle like a drum. All right, let's get into my second uh Grand Slam slap, smash of the week. It's Austin Eckler. Um look, the reason why I want Austin Eckler, I want to shout him out is because this man is the most underrated man in the history of fantasy football. Every year he does this. Every year he's the best player to have on your roster, and every year he is slept on, absolutely slept on, and never considered for the number one overall pick. Give the man his flowers because right now he is not only the number one overall player in fantasy points, he is also the number one overall player in points per game, 25 points per game. Now the reason why that's the case is because he's first in running back targets with 61. First with running back receptions with 53. First in receiving yards with 357. First in receiving touchdowns with three. Second in true throw value. First in receiving yards per game. And then let's go over to the rushing side. On the rushing side, fifth in rushing touchdowns. Fifth in points per opportunity excluding touchdowns. Fourth in red zone opportunities. Second in target percentage. Sixth in, I mean, I'm sorry, fifth in big plays with six. This guy is absolutely killing the game. And on top of that, he's a top 24 running back in terms of rush yards. And he has 84 carries, the 26th most. So, obviously, not a traditional running back. Receiving is his bag. It always has been. And that's a beautiful thing for fantasy because we love to see it. And he's facing a Falcons defense that's vulnerable. Austin Eckler. Put some respect. Put some respect on his name. But also honorable. No respect. I just want to say honorable mention is Justin Jefferson as well. He is honorable facing the Commanders, who just gave, who just traded away uh, William Jackson. That might be addition by subtraction. Actually, um, they are the third best matchup rank for um, true. I'm sorry, the tr- first third best true matchup rank um, 
they are giving up 28%, 28% over the average to the wide receivers that they face. And Justin Jefferson, um, with TJ Hawkinson, the new weapon, uh, maybe soaking up some safety assignments. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson has a big game in this one as well. So uh, those are my two. Michael, did you did you go through your two? Yeah, you did. No, I did. You did. Yes, you did. Was All right, let's let's flip the script. I just flipped the script. You flip flip. Uh, who is your bench warmer of the week, Michael? I'm going. I'm gonna go crazy on my first guy. So you go first. My first guy again. A little bit against the grain here. I wanted to go a little against the grain this episode. Tyler Algier of the Atlanta Falcons. One, if Cordero Patterson returns, obviously Algier loses a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue. But right now he's being ranked around like RB20. And it's because he's playing against the Los Angeles Chargers. And even if Cordell Patterson doesn't return, look, Tyler Algier in week seven saw 62% of the snaps, 16 carries to Caleb Huntley's six carries. And then in week eight, 60% of the snaps to Caleb Huntley, 36% of the snaps, saw 14 carries to Caleb Huntley's 16 carries. So similar to like David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, even though the snaps were very different, um, the guy who played less snaps got more rush attempts. Tyler Algier did catch passes for the first time of the year um, and actually took one into the end zone, which boosted his fantasy day. But Caleb Huntley was a more effective runner, 16 rush attempts for 91 rushing yards, while Tyler Algier on uh, 14 rush attempts ran for 39 rushing yards. And yes, the Chargers are fifth in the league in true matchup rank for opposing running backs, but we are talking about a touchdown-dependent running back on an iffy offense against a team off a bye week looking to bounce back from a a loss before the bye week my i'm just gonna say this now because it goes off it i'm I'm gonna break the rules my sleeper my deep sleeper was caleb huntley oh wow look at that yeah i think that (laughs) i didn't even realize that i think it's, it's for every reason michael just said i think that his his job is is the most secure on the squad so i think that when you're talking about a team that they're playing um, like uh, it, it, within the Los Angeles Chargers, where we've talked about the Brandon Stanley defense for a long time now, it's a run funnel defense, so they do allow you to run, and but they're not too bad against the pass catching running back. So that is Cordell Patterson slash Tyler Algiers' role when it comes to the rushing on the ground. They're giving up eighteen point seven points, and that's the twice twenty two point eight percent over average. That's the seventh best matchup in the league overall. They're the fifth best matchup in the league. So this is a good opportunity for a bruiser on the ground. They're going to continue to run. So I think that Caleb Huntley has a chance to get in the end zone here. So he was my sleeper. And I know we're, we're I'm skipping to go to the sleeper, but fuck it. I, I, let's not let's not waste any time, right? <laughs> um all right, my first um bench warmer of the week. I'm sitting this guy and I'm not apologizing for it. Gabe Davis is taking the seat against the the Jets. Um, Interesting. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed continue to dominate wide receivers. They are number two and number five graded cornerback in coverage in the entire NFL, according to PFF. Sauce has given up more than 33 yards in coverage just once all season. And in that game, he gave up that on one play. So he got beat for a big play. Remember when he like tripped and got big beat for a yeah. big play in like week three? That's the only time he's given up more than 33 yards in coverage all season. Last week... He allowed minus four yards. Minus four. That's a negative in front, Michael. The guy's minus. A um, DJ Reed, he's been pedestrian compared to Sauce, but he's been amazing as well. Has not given up over 50 yards in a single game this season. Also, only one TD scored on Sauce. Zero TDs. Zero scored on DJ Reed this season. Now, 
Stefan Diggs is going to get his regardless of these numbers. If you're telling me, I know Sauce Gardner is amazing, but if you're telling me I have to pick Sauce Gardner or Stefan Diggs, the answer for me is Stefan Diggs. I know Stefan Diggs is going to get his 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 in this game because he always does. He's one of the best. He's the wide receiver one. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. But this there's less of a chance for Gabe Davis to hit one of his big games. And the games that Gabe Davis is not effective, those games he kills you. Yeah. He murders you. So, because of that, good night. I don't want anything to do with him in this game. Uh, just, it's just too much. And I just wanted to say, in terms of fantasy, too, the Jets have been fantastic. They've only allowed 23 points to wide receivers. They have the 23rd true matchup ranking. And they've only given up 13.4 points a game to QBs. That's the 25th true matchup ranking. Obviously, Josh Allen's going to get his as well. But there is a world... There is a world where the Jets dominate this game on defense it, to the point where not where the, the Bills are shut down, but where the Bills offense struggles to move the ball as freely as they've been doing it. I think you have the, the AFC player of the month on the defensive line in Quinn and Williams. It's, the Jets defense is, is painfully underrated right now because it's the Jets and that's just how it rolls. And I think that Gabe Davis, I am skipping the Gabe Davis roller coaster uh, on this one personally so i'm sitting gabe davis interesting what do you think about that it's always tough because he could go all he needs is two catches right like yeah. if he catches a 50 yard touchdown then you're happy you started him gabe yeah. davis is just he's like the better version of mvs like the mvs years he's just he does it more frequently yeah so it's i would tough. say he's like deshaun jackson Maybe a yeah, lesser, lesser version of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. But Deshaun Jackson, besides like two seasons, was always a very up and up and down player. He was only consistent for like two seasons. He's about to put in work for the Ravens, though. <laughs> All right, Michael, who's your second? Who's your second bench warmer? My second bench warmer of the week again, a little bit against the grain here. Darnell Mooney, he's being ranked like within the top thirty wide receivers now, and you people are insane. I don't know when people decided Justin Fields is good. I don't know when that happens, it's but because it happened he's been, again. It's because he's been running, and everyone confuses it because they only see the 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 fantasy points. Dude has, hasn't passed 180 passing yards. Well, I'm about to. I'm about to speak about it. My bad. My bad. His, his season high. He's he's Mister 208. I'm gonna start calling him. Oh, my bad. Mister 208 because he hasn't passed 208 passing yards. That's his only game over 200 so far this season. Look, Dar- Darnell Mooney. He gets the Miami Dolphins and the Bears in general get the Miami Dolphins this week. It's a worse matchup than it seems on the surface as well. The uh, The Dolphins have given up um, the eighth most points to wide receivers on the season, but they're 17th in true matchup rank for opposing wide receivers, so they're even slightly above average in stopping opposing wide receivers. This is just a prime example of why true matchup rank trumps just overall scoring output. Um, and Darnell Mooney has just one game this season with a target total above six. One game the entire year above six targets, and Mr. 208 is his quarterback. Stop with the Bears offense hype. Darnell Mooney gets Xavier Howard as well. Like, he's a middling flex play that offers limited upside, and he's nothing more. Ooh, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, strong words, but words that are tough to disagree with, Mike. Um, my second bench warmer is Isaiah Pacheco versus the Tennessee Titans. Everyone got tricked into thinking that Isaiah Pacheco might be the starter. But start we, we tried to tell you on on Crunch Time, Matt and I, that starter does not mean anything 
in the offense when it comes to the the Chiefs. It just doesn't mean anything, and it's proven by last week. Isaiah Pacheco is a starter. Yes. Well, he only got 30% of the snaps. Starter. Jared McKinnon, quote, 44%. Unquote. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 27%. Now, he did get 50% of the rushes, but the only problem is 50% of the rushes is eight rushes. <laughs> so, like, it's it's very it's a very low ceiling for Pacheco. I would not take the chance of starting him at all. And on top of that, the Titans are in a fantastic matchup for the wide receiver. They're a fantastic matchup for the tight end. They're a fantastic matchup for the quarterback. But they have not given up anything on the ground. Yeah. They are a terrible matchup for running back so far this year. So if you're telling me, hmm, is Isaiah Pacheco going to take work away from Travis Kelsey and Juju and MVS and uh, and McCole Hardman or whoever the hell they're throwing out there and Patrick Mahomes? No, he, they're not. I, I, I'm not going to say that. So... Um, yeah, I'm sitting Isaiah Pacheco until further notice, until he has a, a game where I can trust that he's going to play. Fair he's going to get opportunities. Now, I already told my sleeper, so let's get into these sleepers. I already mentioned my sleeper. So, Michael, who is your first sleeper? My first sleeper, Tim, is someone who I'm, I'm confident in the sleeper pick this week. Probably overly confident. I like it a lot. And it's Zay Jones. Look, despite his... Lack of high-end production. Zay Jones continues to play a ton and see a solid amount of targets from Trevor Lawrence. Zay has seen 18 targets over the last three weeks, but these were in tough matchups across the board. You got the Giants, Colts, and Broncos, all who have all are in the bottom 10 in points allowed to opposing uh, wide receivers this season. The only two games where Zay didn't play a top 10 passing defense this year, he put up 9.5 points in half PPR and 19.5 points in half PPR. So, like, I was talking to Tim about this earlier, actually, against the, uh, I mean, when we were talking with the patron in the uh, the consultation, Gary. Gary, that the Jaguars have had a pretty tough matchups this year in um, defensive-wise, and Zay Jones in games where he's had a decent matchup has been solid. And revenge game scenario here against Las Vegas Raiders. He got paid. Because he revived his career against Las Vegas, and I think that gives them a little extra, a little, a little extra swag this game against the Raiders' uninspiring secondary. He's played at least 98% of snaps each of the last three weeks. He does not get off the field. He sees targets, and it's a big bounce back game for the for the Jaguars' offense. Sign me up for Zay Jones this week. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say okay because uh, of my quarterback streamer might be happy about that one. Should we should we bet on it? No, because I just said my quarterback <laughs> streamer would be happy about that one. Um, I'm going to so my Caleb Huntley was my deep sleeper. For my regular sleeper, I have Damian Harris. I don't know if he counts as a sleeper, but I'm gonna go with it anyway. Damian Harris has been the forgotten man in fantasy, but last week he was back up to 41 percent of the snaps. 40% of the rush share, and this one could be a classic Billy B switcheroo. Just when you think you've got the Belichick backfield figured out, he pulls the switcheroo because I think this one could get lopsided. The Colts are playing a rookie quarterback, and you know what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. We've seen it many, many times in the past. Bill Belichick makes their life's living hells. And although... Um, Shaquille Leonard, formerly known as Darius Leonard, is back for the um, Colts, which is going to make a big difference. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. Um, their defense has been dreadful. 
so far. Uh, they have been given up the fourth. They are the fourth best matchup for the running back. Um, tenth for the running back on the ground. They're the eighth best matchup for the wide receiver. Second for the tight end. Second for the quarterback. They have been absolutely shredded. I think this game could go. Patriots take a lead. They hand the ball to Damian Harris to run out the clock. He scores a touchdown or two. I really think Damian Harris has that ability. But this again, when you're going for sleepers, when you're going for, uh, you're going, you're having a, a lot of things based on it. And one of them is you're trying to guess the game script right. So if the game script goes the way that I think it's going to go, uh, I think that Damian Harris has a chance to be a sleeper this week, um, even though he's been the forgotten man. Yeah, I don't like it, but that's why it's a sleeper segment. Can't agree with all sleepers. Unless you're dreaming. He's more of a sleeper where he's going to put you to sleep. Ah, oh, my God. Someone get this man. Someone. Shoo. Do you know what I've been doing to my students lately? Like, yo, because these kids, some of them just left, love to love to like mess with things. So like, some of them will just like bang on my door. You know what I mean? So I'll so like they'll bang on the door and in the hallway, like I'll, I'll see him in the hallway. Or like or my I'll, we'll see him in class uh, to my class and I'll be like, Yo, you're mad cool. I want to be just like you when you grow up. And then if they and then if they like respond, I don't listen. I'm just like, someone, hurry up quick, stat, get this man a biscuit. Get him a biscuit. He needs a biscuit. He needs a congratulatory biscuit. And then they Fun. stop. They stop messing with me though. <laughs> they do. They because you know they don't. They don't like it when someone can be like jokey and you know like. It's it's more effective if you're kind of jokey than if you're like mean. Mister joke something. joke maker. Yeah, but like sometimes you gotta be mean. This Chauncey Gardner Johnson, by the way, who just got an interception for the Eagles. We're watching the Thursday night football game. An amazing interception, by the way. The fact that the Saints traded him. To the Eagles is ridiculous. He's made such a difference for both teams. Anyway, um, let's get into our streamers of the week, Mike. The streamatarium. Let's visit it. The streamatarium. I did not finish yet, Tim. I didn't give you my, my deep sleeper. Oh, man. Man, I didn't fuck up until until one thirteen into the episode. How dare you? My deep sleeper, Tim, Khalif Raymond. Don't look now, but since the Lions week six bye, for better or worse... Khalif Raymond has usurped Josh Reynolds in that offense. Um, whether it be Reynolds' ankle injury bothering him or just a coaching decision, Khalif Raymond has played 90% of snaps in back-to-back weeps, back-to-back weeks, <laughs> trailing only Amon Ra in team targets. Now Hawk is out the door. The Lions get the division rival Packers this week. The Packers are 28th in true matchup rank for opposing wide receivers, so not a tremendous matchup. But when you get this deep for a sleeper, you have to take chances. And uh, Khalif Raymond, if he's going to be on the field for 90-plus percent of the snaps, no more Hawkinson stealing the targets. Even Josh Reynolds didn't practice today. He could be in line for uh, five to eight targets in this one, and maybe if he finds the end zone, end up being a very solid deep sleeper play. It's an, it's interesting, Khalif Raymond. I will say that because 5'8", 180. Um, to be real with you guys, I wasn't expecting to hear that from Michael. Did you Did you write that in your thing? Maybe I yes. just like I, I I glanced over it or something. I wasn't expecting you to say Khalif Raymond. I would have had this. Uh, I would have had this otherwise. But just it's interesting because Amon Ross St. Brown is the slot guy, right? And Khalif Raymond did not only lined up in the slot fourteen times, nineteen times. You, the size of Khalif Raymond and what he's done in the past, even for the Lions, you consider him a slot guy. But he's moved to the outside, way more snaps. And he's playing as an outside wide receiver. So, 
Khalif Raymond. Shout out to Khalif Raymond. He's he's doing his thing. Uh, that's that's not a bad sleeper, Michael. It's not a bad sleeper. All right, let's get into our streamers though. Let's visit the streamatorium. Let's go to the streamatorium. I mentioned it. I teased it. So let me get into it. Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback streamer of the week. The reason is simple. Because the Raiders are the best matchup for quarterbacks in fantasy. Their true matchup ranking is first. They give up 59% over average. They've given up 23 points a game to some scrub quarterbacks. And we are not. And, and you know, Trevor Lawrence has not been playing well. But Michael likes Zay Jones. I like Christian Kirk this week. I, I, I He's like up five spots from expert consensus ranking for me right now. I like a lot. I like Christian Kirk a lot. And I like Travis Etienne out of the backfield. And in order for uh, them to do it, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to be good. And I think that Trevor Lawrence might have to ride some yak from Mr. Etienne to the promised land. But I think he will against this Raiders team that has been not good against the quarterback, to say the absolute least. So I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback streamer of the week. Nice. My, uh, my quarterback streamer of the week over here... I was saying earlier I was going to mention this guy or mention someone on this team, Taylor Heineke. Um, he's revived the commander's offense a little bit over the last two weeks, totaling 38 fantasy points in that span. He put up just 15.5 against Green Bay, but Green Bay is a, dif- is a difficult matchup. And then 23.06 against Indy, which is, again, not a great matchup, but better than Green Bay. Um, and now this week he gets the Vikings, who are 12th in true matchup rank for pros and QBs. Heineke is a volatile asset, as we know, but he provides a decent floor as well due to his rushing ability and a solid ceiling, I think, too, because the commander commanders have an inept rushing attack, um, leading to Heineke needing to pass the ball more and use his own legs um, quite a bit. So I think Tyler Heineke has some appeal here as a streamer. All right, Michael, I'm on a roll with these tight end streamers, bro. I've been hitting my tight end streamers hardcore. Hit, hit, hit. I've been hitting them. I've been hitting them, man. I've been I've been. Giving out good advice, so I got some pressure on me today, and the 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 it's been clear because of I mean I could say I, I could be cheap and say like Gerald Everett is my tight end streamer. I think Gerald Everett's gonna have a big game, but he's owned in he's eight, too yeah he's owned eighty two percent of leagues. Like you might have been able to get him off the bye week, but I'm I'm not gonna be cheap like that. I'm gonna go with a deeper guy, and I'm gonna trust the numbers. And the Colts are the second best matchup for tight ends. They give up 14.3 points per game to the tight end. That's 72% over average. Slot in Hunter Henry. This looks like one of those games where the Patriots are going to run up the score a little bit on the Colts, and Hunter Henry always finds the end zone in those type of games. I think that he has an opportunity to find the end zone once or twice in this game. Uh, you know, you're banking on a touchdown if you're streaming tight ends at this point, and I think there's no better option, there's no better matchup that you're going to find that, well, there's one better matchup, the uh, Seattle Seahawks, but there's no better matchup besides that than the Colts uh, right now for tight ends. So I'm going to trust the numbers. I'm going to trust the matchup. I don't trust the opportunity. That's what really scares me. Uh, there's a chance that, you know, Hunter Henry doesn't get targeted at all, uh, as that's been the case sometimes. But um, I think in this game, Hunter Henry uh, has a chance and, and will succeed. So Hunter Henry is my tight end streamer. It's a little deeper. It's a risky one. But I wanted, well, I wanted to do this. Like, you know, we can sit here and talk about Gerald Everett. You know, I had Gerald Everett in the beginning. Like, I, we can sit here and talk about like, you know, Robert Tanyan. But these yeah. guys are are owned and they're they're rostered. So we have to talk about guys that really are in the streamers. Like, yeah. the, uh, like some some of these 
some of these shows, man, or these like uh, tweets or whatever, like uh, they cheat, man. It's like these guys are not on, on the wire. Like, what are you streaming? What? Like, where are you streaming these guys? Uh, anyway, uh, my, my attendance streamer, Tim, I'm ready. I'm ready to honk the conk. You ready to Whoa. honk the conk with me? <laughs> so, look, similar to Garrett Wilson, conk has been solid this season when seeing targets. It's as simple as that. The Bills are 11.5-point favorites against the Jets. I, I already went through this with the uh, the Garrett Wilson segment as well. The Jets are going to be forced to pass quite a bit. Conk is the clear number two option behind Wilson at the moment, and I think he could be locked into seven-plus targets again, which is not something you could say for many tight ends these days. It's a tough matchup, but even five catches for 58 yards would probably make Tyler Conklin the tight end 10 on the week. So I think he has a... A solid floor at the very least this week um, against the Bills, and I think he makes for a decent streaming option. All right, Mike. Surprise switcherooskies. <laughs> Do you even know what I'm talking about? No. You are about to read me the questions. Ooh. The patron star sick questions. You oh, mean. yes. It's the patron star sick questions, by the way. Uh, this is one of the perks of being a Patreon. You get to We get to talk about your start sit questions. Yes, sir. That's what we yeah. get to do. And so, uh, yeah, Michael, you got to say the patron and the question, and then I'm going to answer first, and then uh, you I answer. I know how it works. Oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're the host. Switch Let's go. Rooski. It's a switch Rooski. Let's go. From Mullen, 1031, Evan Ingram or Tyler Conklin? I'm going to Ingram, even though I know Conklin yeah. was my sleeper. Yeah, I'm going to go Evan Ingram, too. He's just been too involved. Nick Lovin, Khalil Herbert or Devin Singletary? A trade. Neither would start this week. So this, was, this one's tough because I think Devin Singletary has more of a – Solid floor if you need like that weekly floor, but Khalil Herbert has more upside. If you're if you need someone just on your bench, it's like a like you know something happens the last three weeks and you have that high upside guy. Yeah, like the like your if he's your fourth running back, then yes, yeah, I would do that trade. But if not, if you need someone to play, I'm 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 not doing it. From Big Willie Style, 604, Justin Jefferson and Mark Andrews for Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. Which side in PPR? Just yeah, I'm I'm taking Kelsey in this one. Just Justin Jefferson. And Mark Andrews. For Kelsey. And, and Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I got to take the Henry Just side. Just because of the Andrews injury. And because running back is so much more like, this is this is one of the things, like, I know that, I know, Michael, you're all about taking the wide receivers early and all that stuff, but, like, this is why I'm an advocate of taking the running backs early is because... This is how the landscape always turns out. There's so many more usable wide receivers than there are running backs. And having a guy like Den- Derrick Henry is such a giant, giant advantage. But, Tim, when you get wide receivers early, you can end up with a team like mine. Michael's very proud of his team, which I'm not going to lie. It's a good team. It's a good team. And he's he's made some good trades, and he's got some good people. But he's too proud of his team. He's too proud. From Izzy. Michael, I'm the, be- I'm the second best team in that league. I'm coming for you in total points, and I'm coming for you. Slowly but surely. Is he Caleb Huntley, Jeff Wilson, or Isaiah Pacheco? Well, Caleb Huntley was my deep sleeper, so I, and and Pacheco was my sit. So I think that naturally I'm gonna have to go Huntley on this one yeah, for all the I reasons agree. why I mentioned earlier. From Big Will again, PPR another trade: Michael Pittman and Deontay Foreman for Debo Samuel. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, I think that Deont- look Deontay Foreman. He's had two good games, but I don't know if you can trust on that production keeping up. Unless you really, like I said in the Monday episode, unless you truly believe in P.J. Walker, unless you truly, truly believe in P.J. Walker, um, then maybe. 
But this is a no doubt about it trade for me. This is a no brainer. I mean, Debo is hurt, which is an issue. But uh, I mean, I that, do prefer Debo. I feel like Debo, uh, the the reports were looking like Debo was ready to come back last week, and then they had a bye week, so they just just decided to give him two weeks off. That's what I've been. That's the impression I was under. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, another trade. What do you think? Would you do that trade? I I th- I would. I'd want Debo. Yeah, you want Debo. Yeah. Oh well, no. Worth the risk, Debo. If you, I I I don't like doing this at at this point. But just think about it this way, like, dude, you're taking Debo in the maybe the end of the first round, early second round in in the draft. Um, this is a player that has immense potential and immense value. So go get it. Yeah. Um, from Gary, half PPR, Isaiah Likely or Robert Tunyon? Got to go Likely, right? <clears throat> if Mark Andrews doesn't play, it's an easy one. If Mark Andrews plays, I'm going to go Tanya. He plays Monday night, though. I'd just take the shot and play likely uh, at this point. really? Yeah, I guess because Bateman's out. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it, Michael. I don't hate it, especially because Tanya is the other option. It's not like he's going to go crazy. I, I yeah. don't hate it. I don't hate it. Likely. Um, from Case, should I sell high on Josh Jacobs? Michael, I know what you're going to pick with that. Um. I mean, I'm not completely sold on Josh Jacobs, but I'm also not trying to sell him. I think it depends on the league. I think it's very, very league dependent. Depends what type of return you're getting. If someone's valuing Josh Jacobs as a top five running back and you could get a great return for him, I wouldn't be against selling him. But if someone's considering him as Josh Jacobs, the RB2 career-wise headache, obviously you shouldn't trade him then. All right, Michael. So let's let's play a little game. I'm going to give you some guys and you tell me, would you trade Josh Jacobs straight up for X player? Well, um, I mean, this is in a vacuum game. In I a, guess. In a, Michael, just play, man. Stop being such a <coughs> fucking guy. Jesus. Um, Travis Etienne. I I want Etienne. Kenneth Walker. I want Walker. Sanders. Miles Sanders. Jacobs. Dalvin Cook. Cook. Joe Mixon. Jacobs. Ramondre Stevenson. Jacobs. Leonard, uh, Raheem Mostert. Jacobs. Damian Pierce. Jacobs. Jonathan Taylor. Jacobs. So JT's hurt. So, I mean, in terms of selling high on, on Jacobs, if you're going by the same, if you have the same idea Michael has, you're going to have to sell real high. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to get a superstar back. What about wide receivers? Like, where's like, where's the cutoff on wide receiver you'd accept for him? Probably wide receiver one. Like, like I wouldn't trade him for like a Michael Pittman. Let's say someone offers you like DeAndre Hopkins and Jamal Williams. I mean, it's a solid return if you need a wide receiver. I think DeAndre Hopkins is pretty fair. All right, so there, there you go. So that's <coughs> that's the kind of range we're looking at with a trade of this dude. Yeah. From Gary, Tyler Algier or Dion Jackson if JT is out. Dion. I think that if. CPAT, uh, Cordero Patterson is out, you play Algier. Um, if he is in, you play Deion Jackson, although I do not think that Deion Jackson is going to have anything that even resembles a, f- a usable fantasy game. You want to make a bet on Deion Jackson? If JT's out, like what type of bet? I mean, it's not like I'm super sold on him. I don't know. Hold your nuts. Like I'd bet like top 30 running back, but not anything... Like crazy. All right, all right, I'm not super sold on Deion Jackson. All right, forget it. Man. With Sam Ellinger at QB. All right. Case said, JT Outlook rest of season. Hit panic button. 
Um, I mean, he's dealing with an injury again, and he's been slacking on the field, so it's a little, a little scary, yeah. I will say this. Not only is it panic time, it's time to sell him immediately. Maybe, you know what, that was my stance earlier today with this news of the injury, maybe not, but... What news of the injury? Of the fact that he's not playing for the last... For the last for Thursday as well. I mean, practicing for Thursday as yeah, well yeah. as Wednesday. You know, that I, that was my my hypothesis before getting that news. Uh, you know, the, the hypothesis changes a little bit after that news. But still, this guy is still being ranked. Like, when I went into the expert consensus ranking for uh, Fantasy Pros when I was doing my rankings, he's RB12 this week in the expert consensus ranking. He is inexplicably still being ranked as an RB1, even though he hasn't been since week one. So if people are still seeing Jonathan Taylor like that and you can get Josh Jacobs for Jonathan Taylor, do it. Like, do it. Trade Josh Jacobs. J- trade Jonathan Taylor for Josh Jacobs. Imagine saying that before the season. Never. I would never say that. But that's the, that's where we're at. And I think that it's a, it's a good idea. The next question from Case is, Shiz is 5'2"? <laughs> is Shiz really 5'2"? I, I, don't, I don't know Shiz's height. <laughs> it's a funny question, though. Very random. I don't think Shiz is 5'2". Five 5'2 two. Five two is like yeah, under 5 feet and you're a... Uh, I mean, don't be disrespectful. What if Shiz is 5'2"? You're making it sound like it's a bad thing if he's 5'2". Oh, no, under 4 feet's a little person. Yeah, man, under 5 feet. Yeah, yeah, There's I'm mad bugging. people under yeah, 5 feet. Yeah, you're right, feet. you're right. I'm bugging. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I just 5'2 would be a lot shorter than I would expect from oh, Shiz. He gives up, he gives up like a, a a real tall tall vibe. He's got tall energy. All right, so Mariota... Or Goff. Goff gets Green Bay, um, which is not ideal. Mariota gets the Chargers. So I go Mariota. Mariota because of the rushing upside. Gary says Juju, Rondell, or Josh Palmer. Juju for me. I think this is closer than it seems. I think. I mean, Josh Palmer certainly gets a boost with Allen and Mike Williams both out. And I think Rondell Moore is also in a great matchup and has. And is finally playing where he's supposed to be playing. Don't play Rondell Moore with Juju. You're not playing, but I think all three are great plays. I think that the order is Juju 1A, Rondell Moore C, and then... Um, I'd play Palmer over Rondell. Palmer 1B. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hayden Hurst or Gerald Everett? I think I'm going Gerald Everett since all the receivers are out. 100% Gerald Everett. Yeah. I think I, Gerald Everett, I think I have... Oh, that was right. from M. Evans 328. I think that I have Gerald Everett right now as my tight end four. In the rankings, to f- ten and five. Uh, damn. Uh, um, ten and five. From Chasen seventy seven, Terrace Marshall or Rashad White half PPR. Terrace Marshall for me. Gross. Um, Paid ninety percent of snaps. He was almost my deep sleeper. I, I that's that's why because I did see you. He doesn't wasn't almost your deep sleeper. You made him your deep sleeper and then you tended to me and then you changed it without telling me. That's not true. Yes, you did. Go check the 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 chat. Deep Khalif Raymond. What? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. You didn't write his name there? No. You're lying. Michael's lying to everyone on here. Just lying. Um, liar. You're a liar. No. Slater says, start to Alec Pierce, Drake London. Did I answer the last question? Terrace Marshall or Rashad White? I did not. I would yeah. play Terrace Marshall. Yeah. This is Rashad White doesn't have any role right now. Slater says, start two of Alec Pierce, Drake London, MVS, Robert Woods, DeAndre Carter. That's, that's rough. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a rough, the rough options. I think I would go Drake. Oh God, 
Drake London and DeAndre Carter, I think I'd go. And then who are the other options? I know you're going to go MVS. MVS. Robert Woods, Alec Pierce. I'm not trusting Robert Woods. Oof. I'm not trusting Alec Pierce or Sam Mellinger. I don't want to put anything to do with Drake London. I don't want anything to do with Drake London. So don't choose Drake London. MVS. Who are the other options? <laughs> Robert Woods, DeAndre Carter. MVS and Carter. All right. Chasen 77, Daryl Henderson, or Isaiah Pacheco in half PPR. That's dangerous what I just said. <laughs> I, I, like, I hate that. I, like, I said it. They could combine for 28 points or zero yeah, points. Yeah, man. I said it. It makes sense <laughs> in my head, but, like, I'm scared as fuck. Why did they take Miles Sanders out on the four? He just ran you all the way down here. Why is he yeah, out of the game? because he got tired. Bruh. Now they're going to hand it to Boston Sky. He's going to score a touchdown. Oh, Dallas Goddard, Goddard touchdown. touchdown. Which right. Goddard ahead is tight end three. Good call, Tim. Thanks, bro. Huge game for Goddard. Huge game. Yeah. Um, Daryl Henderson or Isaiah Pacheco from Chasing 77? I think I'd rather go with Daryl Henderson and hope he falls into the end zone. I think Pacheco Darryl, just doesn't do enough. Daryl Henderson was sick last week. I think that's something that we need to take more in consideration as a fantasy community. He was sick. M. Evans, 328. Bench one of Tyler Boyd, Garrett Wilson, Devon Duvernay, or David Montgomery? I mean, Duvernay got to go. I mean, Devin Duvernay might be the only healthy pass catcher on that team. Except except for Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews. Like, I don't think – I mean, we've Mark seen – I don't think Mark Andrews is going to play. Man. We've now seen Duvernay without Bateman enough to know that he's not a fantasy viable player regardless. I feel like he has more upside than David Montgomery, though. Nah, you gotta you gotta still play Dave Montgomery as long as he's on the field yeah. for seventy percent of the snaps. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean I guess Duvernay, but it's tough. Um, Johnny Big Salami, Eno or Dion Jack Jackson if Connor and JT are out. Um, I'd go Eno yeah. if they're both out, but it's looking more like Connor's gonna be in and JT is gonna be out, and in that case it'd be Dion Jackson. Not happy about it with Dion. Chasing 77, Derek Carr or Trevor Lawrence? I think we're both on Trevor Lawrence here. 1,000%. Slater, half PPR, start three of Devin Duvernay, Rondell Moore, Khalil Herbert, and Deion Jackson, assuming JT is out. One more time. Start three, Duvernay, Rondell Moore, Khalil Herbert, and Deion Jackson. Obviously, Jackson sits if JT is in. If JT is out, sitting here, I think I, think I would just sit... Deion Jackson. Yeah, I'm sitting Deion Jackson in this, in this spot. Or Herbert. I mean, Herbert, I understand if you want to play him, but he might be a sit here too. I'm sitting Deion Jackson in this spot. Gary, Nita Flex, Deion Jackson, Khalil Herbert, A-Rob, or James Conner? I mean, I don't like James Conner overall, but I think James Conner, if he plays, I don't know. But then again, like you never know how much he's going to play. I think the I think the obvious choice here is James Conner, but that doesn't make it the right choice. What's the what's the other? Deion guys? Jackson, Khalil Herbert, A. Rob. A. Rob's been seeing more work, but that hasn't really been great. He's been a decent fantasy player. He hasn't been a complete bust, but he's <coughs> been a little better lately. I guess it's team dependent. If you need that, I think Allen Robinson's the safest play here. Screw Allen Robinson. But yeah, I know Michael's not ever trying to play Allen Robinson. Um, but especially if Cooper Cup misses any time, which Michael has already has already decided that Cooper Cup's injury is not real. Um, but yes. <laughs> um, who else is there? 
I'm sorry, my memory is Deion Jackson, Khalil Herbert, Allen Robinson, James Conner. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Allen Robinson of this, of this girl, of this crew, of this group, of this of this group. Man, I prefer Herbert or Deion Jackson. Uh, Jake from IT, Jamal Williams or Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is going to be out. Yep. Um, T Higgins, Rondell Moore, or Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's going to be out, and obviously T Higgins, right? Over on Del Moore. One thousand percent. Yeah. And then Slater says, Could you talk about likely or Andrews or likely slash Andrews, which is a Monday night football game, could be risky to play them. I think what Michael said, like Michael is where where's your cutoff for I'm willing to take the chance Isaiah likely is the number two tight end on the game? That's a good question. So obviously you know what, let me go to my tight end rankings and I'll tell you exactly where it would cut off, but it's going to be around the tight end 8-9 area, I think. Really? So. Kelsey, I'm playing. Goddard, I'm playing. Yeah. Obviously, Ertz, I'm playing. Darren Waller, if he's active, I'm playing. Pitts, I'd play. Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, and that's it. You would play him over Pitts, I'd play likely, not Pitts. I'd play likely over Hawkinson, Tunyon, Gasicki, Conklin, Taysom Hill, so that, all of them. So it's that third tier, I would say, of, of the tight ends. Yeah, so but that's at right bottom. at tight end 10. I'd put him right at tight end 10. So right at the bottom of the second tier tight ends. Where I take the risk. Yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. It does make sense. It does make sense. I like that. And that's it. That's it for the questions. Thank you, patrons. We always appreciate your patronage and your questions. And, uh, yeah. Michael, you ready to get into this uh, this unlimited league? Unlimited. Another perk of being a patron is that you get your very own private sports center for your fantasy league. And that fantasy league is the Unlimited League. 32 teams, two divisions, one ultimate champion. There is only two. There is no positions, six flexes, two super flexes. My team, absolute garbage, trash, hot sauce, garbage. Garbage, but there are some other people that are not garbage at all. Let's take a look at what's going on in the league. Hertz Alert stays at the top after a three game winning streak. Bearded Bastard and Farmer John all um, are still at the top. Beard, the Bearded Bastard, shout out Sofo, he is seven and one on a five game winning streak. His team is absolutely crushing it on the way up. As he has, I see he has Jalen Wall on the squad. Um, to a be or to a not to be moves up Piz two four three to five and three. Um, chilling with my homies moves down. Uh, everything else stays the same from last week. Not too much movement in the standings. Uh, just to recap, it's Bodega Prince, Lawrence and Order. Uh, I'm sorry, six Bodega Prince, Lawrence and Order. Um, Return of the TTV King, Kay McDuff, Trenton, you Baker, you Buyer. Casanova, T and Biscuit, Stairway to Evans, and then me, Flexi Rexy. I am in dead, a second to last place. <coughs> Kevin Krause uh, is the only one who is under me. Uh, so that is what, what she said. Ha, ha, ha. That is what the standings are looking like right now. And there is a clear matchup of the week, I feel like, in this one. And that is the Bearded Bastard on a five game winning streak against Chilling with My Homies, Chasing 
on a four-game winning streak, chasing five and three, uh, so making a push after starting his season one and three. And then you have the Bearded Bastard, who uh, is on a five-game winning streak. So uh, an unstoppable object means in an immovable force. Who will it be? Let's take a look at these rosters right now. Uh, so chilling with Mahomes, obviously, is starting Patrick Mahomes at his super flex spot and Derek Carr. He also has Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Palmer, big pickup, Philip Dorsett, who has 6.2 points right now, Antonio Gibson, Alvin Kamara, and Alan Lazard. Um, on the other hand, we have uh, we have Sofo, or the Bearded Bastard, as some may call him. Oh, oh what, what's going on here? Uh, the Bearded Bastard, as some may call him. Uh, right now, he has Kyler Murray as his, against Seattle, a good quarterback matchup. But he has Sam Ellinger as his second quarterback, so not the strongest second quarterback. Yeah. Michael Carter, King Henry, Derrick Henry, big time, big time difference maker in this league. Tyler Higby, Jalen Waddle, another one, Leonard Fournette, and Damian Harris. Um, my sleeper starting. He also has Cordero Patterson on the bench, so possibly a Cordero Patterson if he plays. Michael, who do you got in this? I matchup? can't go with Sofo's team. Yeah, I mean, too either. many downside players there. He has a good he has a good team, but when you're playing a team like Chasen, who has a fire squad, um, maybe that's not as uh, as good. Yeah, I had to uh, go with Chasen. Chasen, yeah, Chasen is a that's a good team. It's <clears throat> a good team. All right, Michael, what's going on in the slightly ball division? In the Slightly balding division in first place, Team JRXDD, four-game winning streak to jump to first place as the sole 6-2 and two team. And then, Tim, teams 2 through 7 are all 5-3. and three. Talk about parity in the league. That is going to be a close playoff matchup right there. Eagle 2080 lost, dropped out of first to second. Team KV from BK has been up and down this season. He won again, jumped up three spots to third place. Team Drip C, who is in first Monster team five and zero has lost three straight, and is now five and three. Damn. Team G Martini is on a four game winning streak. Is in fifth place. Team thanks Zeke also five and three up two spots with the win. And Matt Ward finally pulled off another win. Team Psych Ward FF five and three up to seventh place now. I will say usually the Brodo fam. Shows out in the Brodo leagues and they do well, but all of us <laughs> seem to be struggling in this league. Man, I got destroyed. Cass too. Cass is get Cass is in like thirteenth place in the. Uh, I lost Trey Lance. I lost Hollywood Brown. I lost Jamar Chase. It's been rough for my team, but uh, yeah. After that, um, after Matt Team Alexander the Great lost again, down to eighth, down four spots. Jovid nineteen, down two spots with the loss, two game losing streak. Austin City Limits jumps up four spots to 10th place with a win. I drop down to 11th place with a loss. I'm 3-5. and five. No Baldies hops up a spot. And then Team Markham, my ball Zach Ertz, two girlies, one cup, and Nick Lovin all uh, round out the rounded out. Nick Lovin is the only team 2-6 and six or worse. Every other team is 3-5 and five or better. A lot of parity in this league. I like it. Um, Matchup-wise this week, we have... Let's see, a 5 versus 9 matchup, a 2 versus 10, 14 versus 8, 6 versus 7, 4 versus 16. 6 versus 7 is the one that's the closest. So I'm gonna we're going to look at the 6 versus 7 matchup, which is actually Matt Ward um, against Team Thanks Zeke, Tim. And I want you to tell me who you think is going to win. Matt's side, Demarcus Robinson, Jawan Johnson, Elijah Moore. Bro, what is happening? It's going to say it's going to be easy to beat this. He team. has CeeDee Lamb, George Pickens, Greg Dolchik all on bye on his bench. 
Demarcus Robinson, Jawan Johnson, Elijah Moore, Jacoby Myers, A.J. Brown currently playing, Paris Campbell, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields. Matt's going to lose. Okay, I mean, the, it got better as it went down. Against Team Thanks Zeke with Derrick Henry, Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Pittman, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones. I'm going Team Thanks Zeke, I mean, but it's it, not as, it, it looks as, not as separate Hurts, as I expected. I mean, Jalen Hurts right now is not having the best fantasy game, although he's, he's having a fantastic reality game. Um, I don't know, man. It's a closer one. The team who's in first place, take a look at his team real quick on a four-game winning streak, has really shot up. Khalil Herbert, who's been the late riser. Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, who rose up. Kenneth Walker, who rose up. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Dallas Goddard. Cooks obviously is out this week. Dallas Goddard is just having a monster game. Tua, who's been on the rise. Matthew Stafford. And then on the he also has uh, P.J. Walker. Melvin Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, and Hunter Henry. So, pretty solid team, the first place squad. But, yeah. Not bad. The slightly balding division, folks. That's it for us, guys. That's all for us. Uh, Mike, where can they find you? At Brodoff F. Mike. You can find me at Brodoff F. Tim. Jason at Brodoff F. Jason. At Brodoff F. Casanova. At Psych Ward FF. At Brodoff Fantasy. And at FF by Brodo. Um... Yeah, you can find us. D- download the app. Don't forget, patreon.com slash uh, All All that good stuff. All that good stuff. Yo, Michael, I got to ask you a question. Like, it's a really important question. I'm listening. In a pinch, right? In a pinch. You got, you don't got much in your fridge. You, in a pinch, right? You got $2 on you. What are you eating to satisfy you? You got stores around. You got a supermarket available, but you only have $2 in a pinch. You're skipping a meal. This is gonna this is gonna take your place of a meal. Two dollars is nothing. I know. So what is it? Can of tuna. Make a tuna salad. <laughs>